Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Have you given up on the concept of a positive workplace culture where people are craving to apply and staying happily for the long haul? Maybe you're needing a morale boost yourself for staying fully engaged in the work you do. Today on episode 47 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Mitch Gray. Mitch is an author and speaker who wants you to hire and retain great employees for you in leadership, and he wants you to give his best action item recommendations on personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. Or as my flight attendant said on the airplane last week, hello, beautiful people. There's a lot of moping around in leadership communities these days. Leaders are complaining about how few resumes they're receiving, how few those contacted actually show up for the interview, Then there are the complaints about employees not wanting to work hard or wanting incredible flexibility like never before, or they'll walk. Leaders are scratching their heads, wondering how to attract and keep good people or how to obtain the unity in hybrid workplaces that they experienced pre-COVID. It's like there's a common enemy, but it's hard to pin to the wall. And if the focus is external, true, the situation is bleak but not those growing forward, right? By flexing with the conditions, by standing firm on core values, by developing strong relationships with your team and casting a compelling vision, your internal focus, what you can control, still has a positive ripple effect in today's workplace. My guest today is Mitch Gray. Mitch has combined over two decades of experience as a former pastor, life coach, entrepreneur, community developer, and creator to develop a brand of leadership that is at its deepest level, human. Having worked with over 10,000 leaders and individuals across the world, Mitch empowers people to build teams based on alignment and design a culture based on empowerment and lead from their humanity. Mitch is the creator and host of The Mitch Gray Show, podcast. He's an inspirational speaker. He's an author and a leadership consultant. I appeared on Mitch's podcast this fall and we totally hit it off just like what happens when two leaders connect. So welcome, Mitch. Hey, Paul. Great to see you again, my friend. So you, like me, have a life mantra. I call it a personal mission statement. Mm -hmm. Would you share that with the GFT listeners and flesh it out a bit for us? Yeah. Yeah. So my mantra is to inspire people to live deeper, more meaningful lives. And quite frankly, that's kind of been who I am my entire existence. Um, From the time I was probably 10 years old, I just had something within me that said, man, I just want to inspire people to live lives that have meaning, to live lives that are fulfilled, to live lives that um, you know, a lot of people say, I want to live a life I'm proud of, but I think it's more than that. I think it's actually living a life that gives you something so that you can give others something. Ah. And I don't know how that happens as a kid, but it did for me. And so over the last five or six years, I kind of put it into words. And so th- there you go. That's kind of where it's at. How did that play out as a 10 year old and, you know, into elementary, yeah. middle school, high school did, did, was there like little bursts of flame, you know, that sort of sparked uh, up? Yeah. So my mom tells a story of when I was probably three or four years old. And um, one of my friends was at our house and we were just doing what three or four or five year old boys do playing with cars or whatever. And I was trying to share with my friend uh, a toy and he wouldn't take it because he, can't, he had his own toy. And she said I was devastated because I was trying to gift my friend this toy and he absolutely wouldn't take much. So, like I said, there's just been something within me. Really, it's in my DNA. It's, it's my sole uh, place of existence. And as I grew into, into becoming a teenager, 
you know, really from the time I was 12 or 13 years old, it was like, no, this is what I'm going to do in life now. But, you know, as you read my bio, I'm a former pastor. And so I grew up in a very uh, Christian, religious culture. And so in that culture, for the most part, when you want to inspire people, you become a preacher. Like there's no other way to inspire people (laughs) except being a preacher. And so for me, kind of, you know, I have a saying that the the hard part about dreams is you can only interpret your dreams from your current perspective because you don't yet have your future perspective. And so the Mm. mistake people make is they have this dream and this goal and this ambition, but they can only connect the dots to that manifesting through their current lens. And what that does is it blinds us to potential opportunities of how that may come to life outside of anything we can imagine from our current perspective. And so for me, that actually caused me a lot of damage in life because Mm. all I wanted to do was be a preacher. And I became a preacher and I was really good at the preaching part. I wasn't so good at some of the other parts. And so then it kind of caused this whole delusion of, oh my gosh, I failed because I'm not answering my life's calling. Mm. But I was really only not answering what I thought was my life's calling in the professional uh, you know, expectation that I had set on myself. And so really the whole point of that, in, in, in the Buddhist teaching, there's this idea of the beginner's mind. And that idea is that when you are a child and you don't have all of the disillusions and expectations of the outside world, you actually know yourself better than you ever do otherwise, because you just have that innocent idea ideology of your existence. And so for me, that's always been my beginner's mind is how do I inspire people? It can be packaged in many ways, like hiring and developing teams or like personal development coaching or like mental health coaching, whatever. The fact of the matter is Mitch Gray is here, has always been here to just simply inspire people, to bring about different thoughts, to help people, to give permission to people to say, I can try something different and it's okay. I can actually abandon the thoughts and beliefs of my past if they were limiting and welcome something new in the future. And that's okay. So yeah, it's just, it's been an interesting life, to be honest, Paul, because I've done a lot of things. I've been a lot of places. I've met a lot of people. And at the end of the day, no matter what my profession said, it always came down to that one thing of, have I left a situation in a far better place than when I stepped into it? Oh, so good. So good. It's great to host a podcast and you do too. And I'll get there in just a second, but to be around inspirational people like yourself, because at our core, it's like, we can't not do it. Right. We've got this passion bubbling inside. It's this fire in the belly in order to do that. But I, I just want to concur with that beginner's mindset. I can't remember. There's an author that actually uh, plugs that whole coming into every situation as a newbie, because as soon as you come in with the, I know it all you've, you've developed that fixed mindset and uh, because of that, you don't think you can go anywhere with that. Like I, I've got all the pieces that I have. But if you go into every situation with a beginner's mindset, you know, it's almost like coming in at the beginning of the pay scale. Uh, there's there's a lot yeah. of room for promotions yeah. and and to uh, keep advancing. Even, you know, Jesus said, you know, unless you become like little children, right, right then you're, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. And and I think I think it's because children just come with that wide eyed awareness and then it's a blank slate that we can actually write our lives on. And that is the teaching, right? And what's crazy is um, that is the Jesus teaching. I mentioned that it's taught in Buddhism. What's crazy is that beginner's mindset is a common thread in both great teachers. Uh, you know, for those that believe Jesus, the Savior, whatever you look at, the bottom line is that is a universal reality. Yeah. Because all the great teachers taught that same principle. And so yeah. we we need to listen. You know, a question I love to ask myself, Paul, when when I step into a situation, even a situation like tonight where we're conversing and you and I have kind of traded roles on hosting and interviewing. And, <laughs> but, but But the great question I love to ask internally to keep myself sharp on the beginner's mind is, what can I learn from this moment? Yes. What, what, not what can I bring necessarily to this moment, but what can I learn? And what never fails is when I step into a situation coming from the perspective of what can I learn, I'm also always able to bring something. <laughs> but when I walk into a situation worried about what I'm going to bring, I rarely learn. 
And so it really is kind of that mind Jedi trick of coming to the table in an appropriate manner that says, hey, I'm just here to learn from everyone, but maybe potentially offer whatever that response, that resonation is. And I think that's, you know, not not to get off totally off trail here, but I think there is something to this. and, And we're seeing it right now, especially in America during the political climate. We're just seeing all of this disconnect within American humanity. Yeah. And I actually believe the disconnect comes because so many people are coming to the table trying to bring something rather than coming to the table just simply trying to learn and receive. And there's so much more power and cohesion and unity when we come to the table trying to receive and learn rather than worried about. It's like it's like we go to a potluck and I brought a roast and no one's eating my roast. And I'm so worried about everyone not eating my roast <laughs> that I'm not enjoying all the other good stuff that everyone else brought. And, <laughs> and I think we see that disconnect happen far too often. Um, and we can see it in leadership. Leader sits on the top of the food chain, so to say. So they're worried about what they're bringing rather than what they can learn from all of the people around them. And that totally changes the dynamic. It does. And it takes the pressure off those that say, I don't want to be a leader because that's like way too much pressure. I have to know it all. I have to have all the answers. No, you don't. You just get right. go around and do a do a listing campaign, right? Just go around right. and find out what the needs are and just serve. And you'll you'll become yeah. a rock star leader if you just do that. Right. Mm. Yeah. I love to use the word sir. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the podcast. It was fun to be on your show, the Mitch Gray show. What got you to take the effort to begin a podcast? Cause it does take effort and it even takes more effort to keep going episode after episode. Yeah. So I told you I always wanted to be a preacher. So in 20 <laughs> in, in 2011 slash 2012, um, in, in 2005 is when I got out of ministry full-time. I kind of tinkered with it, tried to get back in. 2011, 2012 is when I finally made the decision, this isn't for me. I've got to figure something else out. And I was a little lost, to be quite honest. So I was trying to actually build um, a speaking business mm-hmm. so I could still speak, because that's really what I what I love the most in, in all of this. And yeah. I was complaining over lunch to a buddy one time. And I was like, man, I can't find speaking gigs. I'm having such a hard time. And he's like, Mitch. Start a podcast, man. So in 2013 uh, is when he told me that. And I was like, so how do I? I don't. I didn't. I don't. I didn't listen to podcasts. I, I mean, that was really even early on in the podcasting world, and we're talking 10 years ago. And I said, so how do I start a podcast? He said, you have a laptop, open it up, hit record, or use your cell phone, hit record, and then just send it to people. And I'm like, that's <laughs> it. And he's all, that's it. So, Paul, for three years, I did a podcast five days a week for three Whoa, years. Wow. Five days. I, I basically preached a, ter- a sermon five days a week for three years, and I can still do it today. I just I have that much content and inspiration, and it sure. just doesn't stop. Obviously, the logistics of that, um, to your point, it does take effort, and that became a whole lot of effort. <laughs> so, uh, so in 2017, I rebranded the show because I wanted to do I wanted to bring guests on. I wanted to focus more on some leadership and kind of diversify a little bit topic wise. And so that's when the Mitch Gray show began was 2017, 2018 Um, brand. The first year solo ran a couple of years guests. And uh, last year was multiple guests. Um, This year is going to be moving into this season. It's going to be mostly solo, but you know, it's just a great way to, to again, inspire people at the end of the day and to hopefully provoke thought uh, and give permission to people to live great lives. Mm, Love that phrase, provoke thoughts. You know, and that's where all these different perspectives come in. That's why I love having guests is yeah. uh, I love solo episodes, too, because I was in ministry as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, But I'm telling got... you, man, we we get we get a counseling session or a coaching session every time we have a guest on the show. Like, that's right. I've had, I've had like 80 coaching sessions that I didn't have to pay for. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I saw that on one of your recent episodes, like. So and so coached me through a you know yes. <laughs> an yes, issue that you were a, having. <laughs> we did a live role play. I've done that multiple. And what's funny is since we, I think that episode came out two weeks ago. Uh, by the way, for your listeners, your episode is going to come out uh, next week. And so, Yay. but we did a live role play, and um, you know the consultant or coach loves it because it positions them in a place of expertise, sure. and I love it because I love giving listeners the opportunity to really talk about provoking thought. Let's just do it. Um, but yeah, I had a couple of people comment. They're like, wow, why aren't more people doing this? I'm like, well, I mean, I get it because 
you know, from a production standpoint, it can go south really quickly. So I put that on myself as a host to make sure it goes well. And then from a vulnerability standpoint, you have to make some decisions in the moment. It's like you are in a therapy session, right? So, uh, but we do it and I really have to edit, Paul. That's what's great about it is I think when, I think (laughs) again, when you bring yourself to the table in a way that's um, learning, I just think things fall into place. And I just trust that. I always have. And it's a cool thing. Yep. And if you, so, so listeners, if you want to start a podcast, everybody's doing it. No, just kidding. Everybody isn't <laughs> doing it because it does take work. And I think the average yeah. length of a podcast is seven episodes uh, nowadays because yeah. you just realize, wow, this, this is a grind. You know, I'm going to have to really yeah, it is. step up my game. So, um, but it is, it's free coaching. You really get free coaching on these. I take a page of notes every single podcast. And this is episode 47. I can't wait to after, you know, the 52nd episode, I'm going to go back through all of them and like just glean all of these like one liners and stuff and just add it to the repertoire, you know, of, of course, giving everybody the credit. (laughs) Right, 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 right. You know, one, one thing I've always wanted to do as a host and I just never have. So someone please take this idea and run with it. I've always wanted to have a blog based on the show's. Um, and, and either publish those somewhere else or on my site. And I just, you know, again, because it just takes so much time, but I've always had the idea to do that because what you just said, there is so much there that it can just turn into other opportunities, um, for people to really gain insight from those moments. And I actually did a newsletter for the show, uh, where the guest actually contributed to the newsletter. And I would like to reignite that project again. That just took a ton of time. But I think yep. there's just some ideas to your point that, you know, podcasts can really play. And I I believe in podcasts like I do books. Yes, there are a ton of them, but we still don't have enough of them. And mm-hmm. so if you feel led or called to do it, listener, just do it. Stop making excuses. Just start and see where it goes. Yeah. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to do a spinoff of your idea there. I'm, I'm going to reboot my newsletter and I'm going to call it the growing four word, F-O-U-R. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be four uh, like Love four it. video clips, four quotes, four book summaries, four, and, you know, just so, so it's quick, uh, yeah. on that. And so, yeah, I'll probably do two, four quotes from guests. And it reminds me also of the books, um, by Tim Ferriss, uh, which was mm-hmm. tools of Titans, uh, mm-hmm. and tribe of mentors. It's like a 660 page book, yeah. but it's just the podcast guests, um, responses. He takes the best ones, puts them all in a book. And oftentimes it's the same 10 questions, but you get to hear like 70 people answer, like, how do you avoid burnout? You know, how do you, how do you say no? And you you get 70 different answers and you look for the themes in there. And it's like, I probably should do that. If all the successful people are doing that. (laughs) such a good idea. I love it. Do it, man. And however I can support you. I, that's an amazing idea. Yeah. Well, you're also an author, Mitch, and you wrote a book that's critical for the employment challenges of 2022. Tell us more about your book and maybe give us a glimpse into what leaders and readers will find inside. Yeah, so this is my latest book, came out about a year ago, How to Hire and Keep Great People, um, still available anywhere you order books. Um, Really, you know, kind of this whole journey that I've been sharing um, as I said, I got to 2012, 2013 and really kind of got lost um, trying to find myself, how how I could present myself in the way I wanted to to the world. And, you know, also I have a background in business. I've been a solopreneur, entrepreneur, mom and pop shop owner. Uh, I've worked for multi-million dollar companies, run multi-million dollar stores. So I have really kind of this conglomerate of experience. And early in my professional career, when I was in between seminary and going into church work in my early 20s. This is in the mid to late 90s. Um, I started working for a high fashion retail company. And about six months later, they promoted me to run a store. So I was 21, 22 years old, finding myself running this multi-million dollar store. We were growing really quickly. I'd never hired. I'd never fired. I'd never developed. And so the interesting thing is in the early 2010s, when I was kind of finding my way, I kept hearing business owners with the same complaints that I had heard 10, 15 years ago. So it was just this echo. And so I'm like, okay, there's something to that. Like this is more than just a market trend. This is actually a human behavior signal telling me that something's not right. So then in probably 2014, 15, the thought occurred to me 
Um, still having a hard time building my speaking business. What if I got into some consulting? I was doing some personal development coaching, spiritual coaching, but I wanted to step back into the marketplace. And, and so I began kind of shaping. And the whole idea came to me after I talked to more and more business leaders. There needs to be some guidance on how you really hire the right people for your organization. Where do you find them? How do you recruit them? How do you develop them? How do we really kind of put aside the red tape and just be human in those moments? And I felt like that's where people were missing it, especially in the recruiting and interviewing process. They were so worried about qualifications, so worried about job descriptions that they were just simply missing really good people. So then over the next few years, the book was born. And in 2018, I started writing the book and it took about a year, year and a half to get out and then to get published and everything. Um, and it's really just my heart. In fact, the, the, the intro to the book is I'm just a pastor at heart. That's really who I am. And so it's very, um, I'm very unabashedly open with everything I teach is spiritually based because I believe everything is spiritual. Mm -hmm. That is not a religious statement. It's just kind of a fact. Um, everything I teach is human behavior based. And if we will simply listen to the heart and spirits of the people around us, they tell us a story. And that story is telling us a truth. And for every person around you, they have a different truth and they have a different story. And so at some point, no matter how large or small your organization is, you have to get to the point in your leadership that you can just simply be about the business of listening to the stories of others. And when you do that, you get it right most of the time. And even now, you know, as I have you know, clients and I'm consulting and I'm speaking, it's still the same complaints. We can't find people. People don't want to come to work. Mm -hmm. People are quiet, quitting. It's I'm like, yeah, but those are all just human behavior issues. If you can really set up people for success early, design a culture of empowerment and permission and help develop people and invest in them, all of your problems, for the most part, kind of quickly fade away. Um, and so that kind of became the really motivating factor of shifting the conversation on hiring, recruiting, and development. Yeah, I think uh, what's the quote that we are, we're not humans living a spiritual experience, uh, experience. we are spiritual beings living a human experience, yes. something like that, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and again, what's crazy is just like we talked about earlier, that is actually a teaching that all forms of human uh, beliefs, education, or religion teach the same. And so there's a truth to that. And I think what we miss is, whether we're in leadership or whatever, we see something that we don't understand. And so we instantly, instead of becoming curious, like that beginner's mind, that mm -hmm. child, we push it away and we go, whoa, that's really uncomfortable. I don't get that. Rather than looking for the truth in that moment, and so, you know, the, the things I teach are a little bit different than what the market is telling us, than what people are used to. But again, instead of pushing it away, it's like, hold on, find out what's, what could work, what isn't working, and then find out the truth to those two elements and see where it guides you and leads you. But we're talking, we started the conversation with what are we coming to the table to learn? Yeah. And that's really where we miss it. It's like, I'm the leader. I know who to hire. Okay, but you're the leader. What have you learned? And that's the difference. Yeah, and we got two minutes before a break here, Mitch. But does it did it does it matter? COVID, pre-COVID, post-COVID, do your truths still apply no matter what? Yeah, well, I like to think so, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, but I fully believe they do, or I wouldn't be teaching them because again, everything's based on the idea of human behavior. People want to know that they're valued. Yep. They want to have a sense of purpose. Yes. And they want to be a part of something greater than themselves. Those three things never, ever, and never will change. If you have those three elements in whatever you're doing, all of these issues you're having will, will quickly become solved and remedied. Show value, help people find purpose, and then help them find something larger than themselves. And, and But again, if you talk to HR people and hiring leaders, and ask them about those three elements and how they measure and look for those, 99.9% .9 of them won't have an answer. No, you don't they hear that. An you don't hear that. Yeah. <clears throat> and yet it's a secret sauce. I totally, I totally agree with you. And I hear clients all the time saying, I feel undervalued at work. And it just breaks my heart that there's that many leaders out there that have missed it. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. I don't think no. they're demotivating their 
they're people on purpose. They just haven't realized they haven't put a tent on their foreheads. They haven't yeah. realized what is there that that thing that's going to light my people up. That's going to make them want to stay and stop looking at the horizon for another job. Paul, to be honest, I don't think most leaders know. I think it's ignorance. Honestly, do yeah. I just yeah. don't. I think I think they can plead the fifth and be totally sincere about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. That's why, like you said, books and podcasts are where it's at. Now we need to get those leaders listening and reading. That's right. <laughs> to close that, close that loop. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break here. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on LinkedIn at Paul D. Casey or Growing Forward Services. And my guest, Mitch Gray, on his LinkedIn, he's Connect With Mitch. Connect With Mitch. We will be back after the break. Let's talk a little bit about that secret sauce that we were just discussing uh, and how how Mitch coaches leaders in some of these areas like empowerment and how to get to satisfaction and high performance at work. So stick around. We'll be back in just a moment. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry teams team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. I am with Mitch Gray, and we are having a great discussion about leadership. And Mitch coaches leaders as well. And he nudges them towards developing teams of high performance, satisfaction, sustainability, and empowerment. Love all four of those words. So, Mitch, let's take those one at a time. What leads to high performing teams? Permission. <laughs> that, that's my one word answer. I'll give you more. Um, <laughs> I love the word permission. And what's interesting is I've had quite a few debates in my life, especially from, uh, you know, hiring leaders and managers. And there's this misnomer that if I hire someone and pay them a paycheck, they're going to perform. (laughs) The reality is that is not the case. That is not work. And there's also this idea that, on one side of the coin, I don't need permission from you. On the other side of the coin, I show up better when you give me permission. And so there's the idea that, yes, you can function within your authenticity, skill set, ability. But when someone empowers you with the permission to perform well, human behavior has shown us time and time again that they will perform well. I love using the analogy of the sports world. You can take one of the greatest athletes who may be a basketball player. If they're on a really crappy team with a really crappy coach, they're not as good of a player. (laughs) You take that same player and put them on a team with a really good coach who empowers their skill set, ability, and will, and now they become one of the greatest players of all time. And that's that's what I mean by that permission. And one thing I learned really early on when I had uh, teams, my first team, is when I actually equip someone with permission, a really smart person usually figures things out quickly. When I equip someone who may not be uh, have as high of aptitude as another person, they still figure it out really quickly. And so 
I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care how large or small your organization is. If you just walked in every day beginning next week and said, my one mission is to give people permission to succeed, and you walked up to every person on your team and said, Paul, today, you've got permission to succeed. How can I help you do that? If you only did that one thing, it would change the game. That's it. (laughs) It would change the game. And so really, when you're talking high performance, yes, people need to know. They need knowledge. They need training. But I would give permission long before knowledge and training because knowledge and training without permission will never be sustainable. Mm. I hope you'll uh, rewind the podcast for that last quote. Before knowledge and training comes the permission to succeed. And it is so easy. It's not going to cost you any more money to say those words or some variety of those words every single morning. Uh, to, to make it to build morale and build that um, high performance in your people. I think you should call it the Phil Jackson principle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, but that, you know, but he's a great example because that's exactly, you know, the great thing about Phil Jackson is for those that don't know, he was a, an American basketball coach in the NBA. The crazy thing about Phil Jackson is he was smart enough to surround himself with the best of the best, but he also knew how to give the best of the best the permission to succeed. Oh yeah. And those people would have been great, but they wouldn't have been as great without his environment. And so yes. you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. And, it gives, us SEO, and it gives us good SEO on our quotes, right? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> okay. So, so that's high-performing teams. How about teams that experience satisfaction? You chose that yeah. word very carefully, I'm sure. Yeah. So we, we talked uh, in our previous segment about, you know, people want, fulfillment. They want purpose. They want to be a part of something larger than themselves. That is the ultimate satisfaction. When when we're talking on the job, when someone can get done with their shift every day and they can feel like my work served the greater mission, I feel like I did something on purpose and with purpose. And I know I just contributed to something much larger than myself. You don't have to motivate them they are now motivated to show up again. And that is the ultimate satisfaction. Mm. Mm. That is so good. And and that would apply whether you are a custodian, whether you are a vice president of sales and everywhere in between, right? I'm going to go further. That applies to your customers and clients. When they lay their money on the table, if they feel like they're laying down their money, investing in something, it changes everything. Yeah. 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 Okay. How about teams that are sustainable? Yeah. So the two things we just talked about are the first two elements of creating sustainability. So what sustainability means is we're going to keep high performance for a period of time without the rotation of change. That's the sustainability we're looking for. So we're bringing on people that align with our culture, with our mission, with what we're trying to accomplish. We give them a sense of permission. We give them a sense of empowerment. And now it's going to self-impose to create the sustainability we're looking for. But the thing many leaders miss, and, and, and I've had this actually really recently with a few clients. Mitch, we've been working on this for a few months, and we don't see it working. Yes, because it's a few months. <laughs> like it takes longer than that to tear down the negative culture you've created. Oh, yeah. So it has to be time over time, a, a series of attrition showing up consistently, being consistent with that message. You alluded to it earlier, every day giving people permission to succeed. When you do that, you will create that foundation of sustainability. And I'm sure the fourth one is is all looped together, and that is empowerment, teams that feel empowered. That is the result, right? If we're working this as an equation, we're giving them permission. We've given them that opportunity to have that purpose to really push forward that's creating the sustainability we're looking for. And the equal sign is empowerment. When they feel empowered and when we affirm the empowerment, that is what keeps people moving forward. Mm. And by the way, I want to add, well, affirming the empowerment could actually mean we push employees out the door to go succeed somewhere else. Right. So we know they've outgrown us. And we have enough humility to go, I've given you all I can. We've given you all we can. We feel like it's it's time for you to really go achieve your dreams. Yeah. And we're we're not only okay with that, 
we're actually celebrating that. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that could go either way. Like it's someone that doesn't fit with the culture because of possibly an attitude that doesn't sure. fit, or it could be someone who's got to launch something even bigger that doesn't yes. fit with where we're going with our mission either way. Mm. I had someone recently, not a client, but someone I was talking to, they have a small boutique company and I don't remember if they had a graphic designer or a marketing person, whatever. And this person did a fabulous job, but they really wanted to make more money. They wanted to ex expand their income and they deserved it. But the boutique owner was like, I just can't afford it. So they actually helped this person match up with another company that was wow. larger. And so what? And they said, we threw a party. We had this. Basically, they were firing the person in a way. <laughs> but it's in the way that's that's affirming that empowerment. Uh -huh. And when you can build a, an organization and a team that does that, that recognizes and celebrates the accomplishment. It's it's it, people underestimate the momentum that builds. I, you know, I have constantly small businesses. Man, Mitch, people are calling in sick. We can't get people to show up. Okay, well, how are you giving them permission to show up and not call in sick? Like that takes a proactive element where people don't want to make an excuse because they want to show up. Yes. And there is this psyche and this aptitude and attitude towards that, that it takes that proactivity to where you can insulate uh, that, that opportunity for people that they don't, they're not looking for a way out. They're looking for a way in. Ah, very cool. Very cool. Mitch, you like to say that no matter the structure of your team, development is critical to the growth and success of your company. I mm -hmm. totally agree. It's always like the first budget line item that gets cut. I always hate that as a trainer. So this, this might be a duh, but not every leader prioritizes development. So do you notice a difference in companies that do and don't? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, what's amazing to me is let's go back to job descriptions. So often you read a job description and it's master's degree or bachelor's required, five years and such and such, certifications and such and such. And it's like, I can buy all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I can buy all that stuff. And so my question to organizations always is, it costs you on average $4,000 to hire a new person. It costs you on average 200% over what you're paying the previous person to bring the new person in to keep them. So we're talking a ton of money, even for a small business. What could you do with a $5,000 of your budget to help people get certified? What could you do with a $10,000 of your budget to bring a trainer in or a coach or a whatever? And what we know is, again, let's go back to our three foundational elements, a sense of purpose, a sense of value, and a sense of something larger than yourself. When you can all of a sudden invest in Sarah and say, Sarah, we're going to help you get this certification on our dime, Sarah's response now is, oh, my gosh, you care about me. Mm -hmm. That's the response. And so companies far too often underestimate what that development can yield. You know, it's not very costly to hire a personal development coach or a life coach and have them come in once a month to meet with the team. And it would change everything. Yeah. And so that investment is a quick path to that empowerment that we just talked about. Yeah. Say that stat again. So it's $4,000 to hire. And then how much is it to replace that person? So for usually for someone salaried or management position, 200% of their current salary. Yeah, I've, I've heard because something what you have like to look, that. Oof. What you have to look at is you've probably got about a six-month transition for training to bring yep. them on and move them in. And you're probably promoting someone else from within to take on that position. So you're not only having to pay the new person at that position, you're also having to give a raise to whoever you're promoting is usually how it works. Yeah, yeah all the dominoes that, that, in, yes. that in that transition. Yeah. Yep. It, it is better? not isolated. It is not an isolated incident ever. No, it isn't. And it's the old, uh, it's the old Zig Ziglar, you know, what if we train them and they leave Mitch? Well, <laughs> Zig, Zig would say, well, what if we don't train them and they stay and they, yeah. then they don't, they don't feel invested in, they don't have the higher sure. purpose. They don't have the value shown. Sure. They don't feel that leaders are caring about them to enough to send them to get a certification. That's right. <laughs> Well, on your Instagram last quarter, I was stalking you, man. Uh, you you, <laughs> you, uh, you provided a uh, you promoted a vibe high message. What does vibe high mean, and how can we all do that more in our days and weeks? So interesting where that came from, and I'll probably get back to that soon because I, I really enjoyed and people really. I didn't do it for people to respond, but they did. Um, so. 
I struggle with depression. Um, probably have my whole life. I just grew up in a culture that didn't identify it or recognize anything with mental health. It's yeah. like, uh-huh. um, and uh, in 2004, um, I went to a therapist and was diagnosed with depression. And so really the vibe high idea came from how can I, you know, I, I'm actually a really private person. I didn't talk publicly about depression until probably about a year and a half, two years ago. Mm. Um, because I, and I also kind of believe in not wanting to feed that as much, you know? So sure. a few months ago, I was, I wasn't having a great day, man. Like, to be honest, it was like, I, I this day isn't it. And my favorite genre of music is reggae. And, um, reggae music just makes me feel good. And so one day it was like, where is my vibration energetically, spiritually? And how can I align myself with more people, more places, more opportunities that align with that vibration where I can continually vibe high, kind of going from my reggae. And so on one day I was having a really dark day, I put on some Bob Marley and I'm like, how can I encourage people to vibe high to check their vibration? And that's really where it kind of came from. Just a picture, vibe high. Let's make sure your vibration's on point. Because, you know, what's crazy, Paul, is we get so busy that we can go weeks, months, years without checking our intent of our presence. But that intent of presence is really what this is all about. Remove all the stuff, the job, the books, the stress, the anxiety. This human existence is about the intent of presence. Yet that is one area we rarely focus on. And so I would encourage people, whatever that looks like for you, if it's going to church, if it's going to mass, if it's meditating, if it's yoga, if it's retreats, if it's fishing, whatever that intent looks like for you, do more of it. Because that's when your vibrational frequency vibes so much higher. Yeah, you got to bring that back. Maybe I'll maybe have the vibe high <laughs> challenge, right? Yeah, good idea. Good idea. That's a good idea, Paul. I like you. There we go. There we go. You also like uh, wrote in your uh, blog a couple of years ago on the Good Men Project, the three things that limit one's success. I mean, that's, that's a provocative title. Uh, so what are those three? How can we overcome them? Yeah, so I'm going to dilute it a little bit and kind of... Uh, people can go grab the article if they really want to dig into it on the Goodman Project. Just search my name. You know, really, the, the gist of the article is about, A, the fear of getting rejected, you know, that mm. no. So we immediately push opportunity away. And then it's the idea, well, what if a yes happens? We have to give ourselves an opportunity for a yes. Like, we have to give ourselves that opportunity. But if we don't show up, then the yes never comes. And then really, the final element is, whether we get a yes or a no, again, what can we learn from it? And I think I even use that language in the articles. What can I learn from this situation? And that's really the ultimate is the yes or the no is great, but really the measurement comes in and what did I learn from that moment in time? And so those are kind of what limit people. You know, the great John Mayer said, I'm an architect of things that haven't happened yet. <laughs> and we do, we design all these conversations and things in our mind that don't ever come to fruition ever. And so then it's the idea of the power of thought. You know, Zig Ziglar also said, if you think you're right or you think you're wrong, you're right. Yeah. Whatever it is. And so stop fearing the no, give yourself the opportunity for the yes. And regardless of which one comes and faces you, what can you learn and take from that situation? But those elements often limit kind of where we go in life. And, and what they really do, talking about vibing high, is when we continuously play out the no, so then we never take the risk. We've actually lowered our intent and our frequency to say, well, all you're going to get is the rejection. And that's really not the case. Right. Leading, leading with fear, you're never going to feel strong. You're probably going to stay paralyzed. You're going to stay right here and you're not going to show up, like you said, or poke the box, put anything into play because of that fear. And what is it like 85% of the things we worry about don't even come true. So it's like, uh, I heard it called PTSD pre-traumatic stress (laughs) disorder (laughs) when you're worried. And what's crazy is I, I learned a few years ago, um, 
one of my favorite authors and teachers is Thich Nhat Hanh, who was a, a monk. And he actually calls fear a great teacher. And I really adopted that. You, you know, in a lot of my stuff, you'll see me say that a lot. Because fear really is one of our greatest teachers. And the idea is when we feel fear rising, the question becomes, okay, fear, what can I learn from you in this moment? Mm. Again, we're bringing that to the table. What can I learn? What can I learn? And, and all of a sudden what happens is when fear comes to the table and I invite it in and say, what can I learn from you? Teach me something. I've actually, A, taken back the power. Now fear no longer has power over me because I've faced it, welcomed it, and I'm having a conversation with it. But B, I learn a whole lot about myself and I become so much more self-reflective and self-aware. And I usually walk away from the table filled with courage. So what people run from when it comes to fear, actually they can learn from when it comes to fear. But it's that whole curiosity. What can I look? We could do the same thing with anxiety, with stress, with whatever that looks like. What can I learn from you? What are you trying to teach me? I told my youngest daughter the other day, we were talking about depression and she was asking me some questions. And I said, I have become incredibly grateful for my darkest moments for that depression because I have learned things about myself that I never would have learned any other way. Now I get to choose what I do with that learning. And I think that's where people get confused is they don't necessarily want to carry the responsibility of the new knowledge they've attained. Mm. Because now you now you have to do something with it. Wait, I can't now be a victim? To... I can't be a victim, Mitch? Come on. <laughs> no victims, man. No victims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've probably heard the uh, uh, fear is uh, false evidence appearing real. And That's... I heard another good one, which is face everything and writhe. Uh, I like that yes. one better. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> because that's what you're talking about here. When I get to teach on confidence and courage, uh, and I picked this up from another author, but it's so uh, when you feel fear coming, you you just talk to it and you just say, fear, yes. I acknowledge you. You're here. Yeah. You're riding in the car, but I'm not going to give you the steering wheel. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Now you can take that further. What stories are you going to try and tell me, fear? What are you going to teach me? Yeah. Oh, that is so good. Add that little line on there. And uh, circle back to something you said a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, if you do nothing else as a leader on Monday morning, if you just say uh, you have permission to succeed, uh, you wrote another blog that talks about boosting employee engagement on Mondays, which I thought, yeah. again, provocative title because everybody hates Mondays, right? You, ref you <laughs> referred to three things in that blog, which was courage, clarity, and gratitude. So would you unpack that for a couple minutes? Yeah, so... The whole idea is you can't wait until Monday to prepare for Monday. That's a major, major mistake. And so really, it's again, it's that proactivity on Friday, on Thursday to really prepare. Of course, I'm assuming many people work on Monday through Friday sure, job, sure. which isn't the case. But someone has a Saturday, Sunday in their schedule somewhere. So the idea becomes, how am I going to give my people courage? How am I going to feed the success that they had to carry them over to uh, whatever their Monday looked like. And, you know, really we're talking, I'm going to add something in here. Really we're talking about a conscious style of leadership. It's not a passive style. We're not letting things just function by happenstance. And unfortunately, I think many leaders do function that way. I think many leaders function from a perspective of things are happening. I got to put the fires out. Did you meet sales quotas? Blah, blah, blah. The question then becomes, and that was kind of the underlying point of this article that you alluded to, how are you going to actually raise the level of consciousness of intent when it comes to giving people that courage and that clarity and feeding that success so that it continues that sustainability and the wave of opportunity on Monday? And when you can learn the art of that and they leave Friday feeling valued, feeling ready to go, feeling excited. You don't have to talk them into Monday. They step <laughs> right into it with power. Ah, so good. So good. Man, we could go on forever, but uh, we need to close. So I'm going to ask you last <laughs> couple questions here, Mitch. What do you want to promote for our listeners' personal leadership development? And how could a listener best contact you if they wanted to follow up with you? So a few things quickly I'll promote. Number one, go into the book, How to Hire and Keep Great People, even if you're not a leader. I've had parents contact me and say, man, it made me a better parent. I've mm. had employees contact me and say, man, it made me a better employee. It's all wow. human behavior stuff. Um, listen to my show, The Mitch Gray Show. Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
Um, I would also encourage people from a personal development standpoint, empower the silence. Take some time, whether it's through prayer, meditation, going to the gym, yoga, whatever your preferred practice is, taking walks every day. Empower the silence. It is in the space of silence that we find ourselves. And so take some time to do that. And I would actually encourage leaders listening to this. If you can at all find opportunity to give your people, when at work, some moments to empower the silence, again, it changes everything. And there are Mm. actually studies out that are showing that both in the classroom and education and in the workspace. Um, yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn, search Mitch Gray, G-R-A-Y, you'll find me, MitchGrayMedia.com is my website, currently booking speaking gigs and some team development stuff. So if you're with a business organization and you want to talk about bringing me in, send me an email, Mitch at MitchGrayMedia.com. Let's have a conversation. Absolutely. Hey, uh, everyone grab that book uh, from Mitch. That is so interesting that parents benefited from it, Just not just uh, employers, because of the good stuff that is inside. Mitch, thanks for so many uh, value bombs that you dropped uh, today. And uh, we appreciate your commitment to just making the world a better place. Keep inspiring, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, bye-bye, Paul. So I have some takeaways from Mitch today. Uh, One was near the very beginning that uh, if you have a beginner's mindset and you come from that, you're abandoning that limited, limiting beliefs of the past. And then you come into the situation with what can I learn from this moment? It's going to, it's going to lead to some growth. Also leaders need to give permission to succeed. Uh, If they just did that and nothing else at the beginning of a day, it's going to lead to high performance because people are going to say, I'm going to show up for this. I'm going to be able to figure this out because my leader cares about me. Even before knowledge and training, you want to give that permission to succeed. And then when you invest in people, you're saying that you care about them. And why wouldn't you want to do that in leadership when it takes that's 200% of uh, the cost of an employee to transition a new person? Why don't you just invest in the person in front of you and make their day, give them higher purpose and uh, give them incredible value? The GFT podcast is all about putting practical tips for my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something, but you don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems are going to start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. And we don't want that. Hey, if you have an event just like Mitch, uh, we're both available for live or virtual uh, for your team or organization that needs inspirational speakers to give practical tools for raising the water level of your entire team. Both of us would be honored to be considered. Let's start a conversation. I'm over at growingforward at paulcasey.org. Thank you for listening to episode 47. Please spread the word about this podcast to those in your circle of influence who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, Keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.